What is going on, Kansas City? This is Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. We are live. We are local. Always on a Saturday right here at 9 o'clock. Right here with Saturdays with Kramer. You can chime in on the show today at Kramer Talks on Twitter. Snapchat me, text me, tweet me. Call me, reach me if you want to beat me. Actually, don't call me on, on air. Please don't call me on air. Please, please, please don't call me on air. We have a fun show today. We got Jeremy Wyatt, the monarch, joining me on the show. Probably be here in about maybe 10 minutes or so. So without further ado, let's just get into baseball talk. That's what we do here. We talk about baseball. We talk about wrestling. Heck, we're going to talk about probably talk about some Chiefs with the monarch a little bit later on. But yeah, no, there's a... Uh, the thing that posed the question, because just watching everything around the MLB right now, I, I was thinking about this earlier this week, and then I something confirmed it when I read something and listened to something earlier this week, that MLB teams are tanking right now. And I like I, I wouldn't say they're tanking tanking, by say, but people are trying to make the argument that they are actually trying to tank. And I say that is a bunch of malarkey. I don't I don't I can't see or tell how a team can tank in Major League Baseball because everything that relies on a team, it has to start off with the front office, whether it's the scouting department, all of the above. Because let's for instance, let's talk about the let's talk about the Kansas City Royals right now. Kansas City Royals, their scouting department scouted pitchers. I mean, that's what they did. They thought, okay, maybe we can jumpstart this. Maybe we know that pitching is the is the the forefront of needing to get to the postseason, which that's everybody's goal is go to the postseason and win the World Series. But the Royals in 2018 drafted a boatload of pitchers. Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich, Jonathan Bolin. That's just to name a few. But I'm not going to say that they are out here trying to tank. Because, okay, some of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, Baltimore Orioles, Pittsburgh Pirates, Kansas City Royals. Let's add in... Oakland Athletics possibly at this point in time. I mean, Cincinnati Reds were on it. Were, were, they won seven out of ten games, but you can still put them on this list as well of teams that are underperforming, especially the Pirates and Orioles. Those are those are two teams right there that we know for a fact are just there's not good talented wise. But you still can't say that a team is tanking. You you just can't. So I mean, you see what the the Orioles did this morning, calling up Adley Adley Rasmussen, their their top prospect catcher. That I mean should have probably been on the opening day roster. That's just my opinion. But they're calling up their young guys, knowing that okay, maybe the season's a sham already, even though it's May twenty first. But they're at least trying to get better, or even show that they're okay. We're gonna we're going to bring up our young guys, to see what happens in Major League Baseball. Because who knows, he might be a four A baseball player like some of the guys right now that we see in Major League Baseball. They're at least showing some signs that okay, we're not trying to tank. And then you just got to look at that division as well. You got the Yankees, Ball, Blue Jays, you got the Red Sox, you got the Rays, and you have the Orioles. Like you can tell that four of those teams are completely different. And the Baltimore Orioles are the exact opposite. They're like a 50-game, 60-game winner compared to the 90-game winners or 88-game winners that they're probably all going to tie for first place at, towards the end of the season. Because it's, it's just like it seems like a split if the Yankees don't try to you know fall back to earth at some point because of how Aaron Judge has been leading that team. I, I can't see that baseball teams actually tank. I, I just don't see it. Now, you could see what the 76ers did in the NBA about maybe, what, 10 years ago where they kept on getting the, the first draft pick, the second round, the second overall pick, the third overall pick, the fourth overall pick because of how the lottery in the NBA is. 
Like you, we could tell watching that that they were trying to tank. They were trying to pick players that they hope were the the guy, but they were never the guy. It seemed like they they were either hurt. Like I mean, what Julio Okafor, New Orleans Noel, or to name a few of how they tried to establish that team. They finally struck gold with Joel Embiid, and then Ben Simmons was a thing for a few few years or so there. No, we could see that sport in the NBA that you could tell when teams tank. I just think baseball is different because of how the scouting department is, how you fill out the major league level to the AAA to AA to single A to to low A. Like you have to fill all those teams out because you want to make sure your your farm system wins. And what's interesting is the Kansas City Royals farm systems win. They do, especially with the, the young talent that they have. Because I mean, it seems like every single year where MJ Melendez and Nick Prado were, that team won their championship in their respectable conference or division or single A, low A, high A, double A, you name it. So that's why I, I just don't see how you can actually say that teams tank. Granted, we would we'd love to see what the Royals could do better. We, we would love to see that. Heck, we would love to see Nick Proud at this point in time. But who knows? I mean, players are going on the shelf. Salvador Perez went on the shelf this week. Michael A. Taylor went on the shelf this week. I was shocked they didn't try to bring back Brady Singer from his dominant performance that we'll get to a little bit later on. But I think it's very, very extremely hard for teams to try to tank in baseball. It's just how the scouting department is. And there's times that teams had the most money. A la the New York Yankees, LA Dodgers. They have money that they can buy the, the free agent, the talent. That's what teams like that I named up earlier, Orioles, Pirates, Royals, Reds, Athletics, they don't have money. They don't. Money buys wins at times. It does. I mean, but then you got to say, oh, Kramer, the Oakland Athletics were able to make it to the postseason on a $30 million payroll compared to the New York Yankees, $180 million payroll. That happens in baseball. Heck, we see that with the Rays more too. But I can't just go out here and say that these teams are trying to tank and lose because they're not. They're trying to win baseball games. Because, heck, even just thinking about, I mean, I'm trying to compare this to comparison. Say if you play in a wooden bat league like myself here in Kansas City. Granted, our team's 500 or above, but there's still certain times that we should be winning a game that we lose. It's the truth. And that's how baseball is right now. Heck, you, on paper, at an opening day lineup for the Kansas City Royals, on paper, they looked like they were going to beat the Cleveland Guardians. But they didn't. They, they did not. Well, the opening day, they won. But they didn't win that series. Did they win opening day from that, thinking about it? I don't know if they even did. I'm not going to look into it. Cause, I mean, the Royals finally this week won back-to-back games for the first time since April. So, yeah, no, I, I, I just can't be out here and saying that Teams try to tank because it's 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 not it's not at all. It's the Sirens of Crane right here on the Bet sixteen sixty. We're gonna take a break and joining me next is the Monarch Jeremy Wyatt. It's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be hard hitting questions. Eh, we'll see about the hard hitting questions. We got some topics to discuss. So I see him coming in. Yeah, no, that's gonna be a good good conversation. He, I, I just, I'm hoping I just don't get super kicked by him because I mean Luke Langley's not here. So we'll just see how the things go. It's the Sirens of Crane right here on the Bet sixteen sixty. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Back at it live here on the Bet 1660. This is Saturdays with Kramer. I'm Kramer here. At Kramer Talks is my Twitter. 
Make sure you tweet at me and all that. But joining me right now is one of the best wrestlers here in Kansas City, the Monarch Jeremy Wyatt. Jeremy, thank you for joining me today. And man, how you doing? I'm doing good, but I, I want to correct you. Not one of, uh, I am the greatest wrestler in Kansas City. So uh, I, I do apologize for that. But honestly, um, uh, on a uh, broadcast, I actually have put you on a Mount Rushmore next to Patrick Mahomes. So that's how I have you uh, out there in Journey Pro. Uh, I mean, that's, that's high praise, so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> no, but uh, Jeremy, you, uh, I mean, you're born and raised here in Kansas City, right? Are you just supported here? Okay, you're you're born and raised here, so that means there's one thing and one thing only. You are a Chiefs and a Royals fan. Something that I can't really say here in Kansas City, even though I'm from St. Joseph. But I mean, imported down here. But you're a huge Chiefs fan. We know that from all your tweets and stuff. If they, uh, if nobody actually follow follow you, follow uh, Jeremy White. Think what's your what's your Twitter handle here, real quick? It's uh, at Jeremy Wyatt and the number one. Yeah, because you are so Jeremy know. Wyatt one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but uh, the Chiefs right now. I mean, we get it. It's the offseason. So, I mean, technically NFL is just all year round from how my standpoint is and what the book is. But Tyreek Hill's gone. So what was your thoughts on that first when they were like, all right, Tyreek Hill's going to go elsewhere because he wants the bag? Uh, I mean, at first it was like, oh, man, what's going on here? But then, I don't know, when you think about it, it's like, I don't know that I, if, you, if you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and, is he, and if he is as good as we all think he is, you don't pay a wide receiver $30 million. That's that's pretty much what it came down to for me. And, and honestly, and what their moves they actually added to MVS, Marquez, Valdez, Scantlin, I think he can go toe-to-toe with speed-wise almost. The hands I think Tyreek Hill has, but I feel like that was at least in a decent almost, I wouldn't say upgrade, but kind of like that little tier two type move that the Chiefs needed. Yeah, uh, like... I mean, obviously, Tyreek's elite of the elite. You know, he's a top five guy in the league. But I honestly think their wide receiver room is deeper. I can't say that. It, I won't say that it's better. But Juju and MVS are huge improvements over Pringle and Robinson. And I think they'll That's be right. able to do enough. Yes. But I think they'll be able to do enough to, to kind of mitigate the loss of Hill. And, I mean – they got Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, the, yeah, he's going to make somebody a star this year. Yeah, at the end of the day, they have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I, mean, I talked to Mitch Holtz earlier this week, and he's like, we, we still have Patrick Mahomes. Did something change here? Like, did we did we just, like, not have Pat anymore? No, he's there still. And I don't care if it's Juju catching the balls, if it's Travis Kelsey going line out as wide receiver catching the balls, and, heck, Sky Moore. I mean, honestly, he's quick. He's he's their slot guy now, I feel like. That, that's the perfect spot for him. But like the one thing that was I was curious with with the Chiefs moves that have happened so far was the Juju deal because I mean the Chiefs obviously wanted him last year they decided to he decided to stay with Big Ben I guess for one more year no one that's that's kind of weird the dude had like a dying quailing arm on his right arm but I mean he's in Kansas City now but I just don't know if we want to experience all the TikToks you know what I mean Yeah I mean I'm not I'm not a, I'm not, I'm I'm old so like the TikTok stuff it's it's not for me but. It wouldn't shock me if Juju goes for 1,100 yards either. I mean, I mean he's yes. had some really, he's had some really good years, and and he played with. The, I mean, I literally think I could throw a ball farther than Ben Roethlisberger could right now. So, uh, I mean, with with Pat throwing him the ball, I'm, I expect him to have a really good year. True, and the, the thing that I'm also concerned about that the Chiefs haven't assessed yet 
is whether or not they're going to pay Orlando Brown, franchise tag him, or just try to, like, I guess. I mean, I know they drafted the kid. Uh, oh, my gosh. He's blank in my mind right now. They drafted a right tackle. I could possibly move to left uh, tackle for Orlando Kennard. Brown. Is, yeah, Kennard. There we go. Thank you. Hey, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sports radio guy, and you actually got that before me. Look at that. Look at one and only Jeremy White. Look at me. No, but it's just like it's weird they really haven't done anything with their tackle situation, even though they're giving up that first round a year ago to get Orlando Brown Jr. So it's just like I'm curious what your thoughts were on that so far. Uh, I mean, obviously you're you're hoping they re-sign him, but um, I mean, if he wants to play under the franchise tag, I mean, they can franchise him again. Then if if they don't work anything out, I mean, they could always trade him and maybe kick out Tooney to left tackle and put in Allegretti at left guard. I mean, it, the line probably isn't quite as good, but I don't know. There's worse offensive lines in the world than having Joe Tooney at left tackle and still having Creed and, and uh, Trey Smith, you know. So. And this is clearly not the team that went up against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes ran for 500 yards going left and right instead of north and south. So like, this is – I mean, it's clearly still an upgrade from then. Oh, yeah. I mean – like the interior of their line is great. It's just in, in Orlando Brown's better. He's better than what people gave him credit for. I mean, uh, I mean, I think a lot of the problem like early in the year last year was, I know we don't want to like put any blame on Pat a lot, but I think he was like drifting in the pocket too much, like early in the season, you know, trying to buy time instead of being seven yards deep in his drop, he's, you know, 12 yards deep, you know, so stuff like that. But they they seem to shore that up a little bit, like mid season on. Once they kind of got rolling, yeah. Once they had that three and four stretch, you kind of could tell that Pat kind of got more content and more was like, all right, I can stay in the pocket a little bit more rather than running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So it's like it's perfect for since that. Hey, if it's not Orlando Brown there in the next year or in two years from now, I, I think he'll do fine. I mean, clearly, if he's at the helm, no matter what, they're going to do great. Yeah, I mean, if they got Pat and Andy. I'm not. I mean. That's that's ten wins right there automatically, like short of like catastrophe injury wise. That's I mean they're a double digit win team automatic. So I mean so for draft night when they traded up for Patrick Mahomes, what were you like? Oh man, that was like I was going crazy because and not so much because I thought Pat was going to turn out to be what he is because no one knows, but just the fact that they finally for once in my life drafted a quarterback in the first round. Like, you know, if it would have been Deshaun Watson, I would have been just as excited, you know? I mean, I wouldn't be as excited right now. Right, I got you. (laughs) But, you know, in the moment, I would have been like, oh, my God, we finally got a quarterback. And, you know, obviously, it's it's turned out well so far. Yeah, you're you're lucky as a Chiefs fan, because the last time my team, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, well, at the time, Oakland Raiders took a first-round draft pick was Jamarcus Russell as a quarterback. And we decided he can be a backup tight end somewhere right now maybe yeah like in usfl league not not in the nfl yeah well you know yeah yeah, you know usfl xfl arena league you know (laughs) um uh, so yeah with all these wild moves that have happened um so far in the afc got vegas going out to get Devontae adams you have cleo matt going to the chargers you got russell wilson coming to the broncos is this this probably is going to be the best division in the NFL? And this should all be primetime games. But like, how how do you see this forecasting? How this division is going to go? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, we think everyone's going to be really great, really awesome. There's going to be one team of the four that just has the injury bug and things just don't go their way. There's no way that 
all four teams are, you know, 10 plus win teams. Like someone's going to have bad luck. Um, it'll probably be the Broncos because until Russ shows that he isn't cooked, I'm just going to say Russ is cooked because at the, toward the end of the year with Seattle, he just, he didn't look like the same guy. Um, but I don't know. To me, it's the, it's the Chiefs to beat. They're the team to beat until someone beats them. I mean, I but agree. they'll have a tougher time. Oh, clearly. But the thing is with me, I think the injury bug won't be the Broncos. I think it'd still be the Chargers. Like, they're still – I mean, it's May. They're, they're, they're the, everybody's favorite darling on NFL Network, which is clearly ridiculous. And I just don't understand why. Like, they think getting Cleo Mack is cool. You might get eight games out of him. Trust me from watching him as Raiders. Raiders fan watching him play, amazing talent. But he does get hurt. And we saw that happen in Chicago. I mean, Derwin James, I think he played one full regular season so far. Keen Allen has ankle problems or calf problems at times. So it's like, Justin Herbert, is he even the guy? I think he is, but it's just the coaching staff there. I think it's the Chargers that's going to be hurt the most. Yeah, I mean, they're the, they're definitely the most snake bit all the time. It just, uh, there's something to it. Like, it just, it can't be coincidence. It's year after year, they have guys, like, on the shelf or on paper, they're a really good team. Uh, like I, I think they're really, really good on, on paper, but I don't know about their coach Staley. Like I, he clearly cost them that Thursday night game against the Chiefs with just I'm going to go for it on fourth down every time. I'm you know like I'm glad he did it, but <laughs> they could have like they should have been a ten point game in their favor. That's true, and then the exact same thing happened to him when they played the Raiders to try to get into the Super Bowl, like not Super Bowl to the playoffs. So it's like. They shot himself in the foot the entire time, and like if that keeps on happening, if I'm in the front office of the Chargers, I'm like, no, thank you. We need something. I mean, you get it. You punt on fourth down typically. Grant, if it's fourth and one at like midfield, go for it. But if it's fourth and one at like the 35 on the opposing team, kick the field goal. Just do it that way. Like it's still three points. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I like that teams are becoming more aggressive because, I mean, I think you should be more aggressive mm-hmm. just the way the the league is. I mean, it's an offensive league, so you should go for it more often than not, you know, within reason. Uh, but, yeah, that guy's, like, overload. He's, like, playing Madden. <laughs> like, he's true. just like, I'm going for it every time. It's fourth and 14 from the 37-yard line. I'm going for it. <laughs> oh, that's so true. So, like, I, if you didn't know us, I write for Arrowhead Pride, too. I do all the around the AFC West stuff. As my, like, pre-rankings for the for the entire division right now from like one two three four i, I haven't posted it out yet but i'll just say it right now because i mean at some point someone's gonna read it i got chiefs at one clearly they're the, always the favorite no matter what got the raiders chargers and then broncos still that's how i started last year beforehand of the of training camp that's what i'm gonna do right now is that how is yours looking if you even thought that far yet uh i mean i wouldn't say you're crazy on that um like Honestly, I two like I think it's the Chiefs division clearly until someone beats them. But like two through four, like I mean, it's a coin flip with a lot of the. I mean, it's just uh, like I said. I think a lot of it's just going to come down to injuries. And but every team has the capability of being a playoff team. Like it, I mean, it's it's a stacked division. Like it's, oh, clearly, it's, it's by far and away the best division in football. And I, I, I'm glad to be a part of it, like with fan wise and just watching it, working wise. So that's it's great. So I, I would say your your main sport of focus is watching the NFL, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I love you know I love football, obviously, and uh, baseball wise, it's pretty much I mostly just keep up with the Royals. I just don't have 
a ton of extra time. And then I keep up with the NBA pretty good because I love basketball. So yeah, I saw your tweet earlier about uh, John Morant about uh, you've seen a couple of his dunks. Which is pretty, he's he's a, a, an exceptional talent. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's my favorite player to watch. Like since Jordan retired, my, my favorite players have been Derek Rose, then Westbrook and now John Morant. So I like, I have an affinity for like the six, two, six, three point guard that can jump through the roof. So, so uh, fun fact throughout high school, um, I would always get the new D Rose shoes. Cause he was my, he was my guy, no matter what Derek Rose was my dude. And then, of course, we all know the injury bugs happened, and it's just, yeah. I'm, I'm, is he, I think he's still a Nick, right? I think. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, I know and it's weird because yes. I actually. So I mean, I know well, it's way off topic. Yes. Yeah. He's with the Knicks, but he got hurt like in January or February, and then missed the rest. I mean, Derrick Rose got hurt. Shocker. It's, it it's, sucks, man. That guy's body failed him. Like he's. Oh man, he was so good. It was so good. good. It's he's shocking. A good player now too. Oh yeah, it's true because it's shocking the fact that he actually kind of rejuvenated his career a little bit when he kind of I was at Minnesota, then he actually like kind of got up yeah. a little bit and went to New York, and then he was actually tearing up as a Nick. It's funny too because like yeah, my, my buddies and I started like a two K league on the new NBA. And I see him on there like holy cow, he's still in the league. I'm so happy for it. So it's just like it's just wild. <laughs> yeah, he completely changed his game. He he developed a good jump shot. He never was like he was a you know go to the basket guy when he was in his prime. He didn't have a, much of a jumper. I mean, he just got in the paint like at will. But now, I like, I mean, the guy's out there, you know, hitting hitting jumpers nonstop. I'm just like, man, it totally transformed himself. But he had to because, I mean, he just – the springs in his legs are gone. But it, it sucks to see that dude, like, what he was to, like, have to struggle through all that. So, it's cool to see that he's still playing and, and like, he's still a good player. But, man, he was fun to watch. Um, uh, speaking of fun to watch, I'm going to segue this over to the sport that I love near and dear to my heart, baseball. And I'm a weird baseball freak. I'll I'll watch like the the six o'clock starts over on the East Coast and I'll finish my night watching a West Coast game while it's like in the ninth inning at one o'clock in the morning. I'm just I'm a freak like that. But um, the Royals earlier this week had a doubleheader against the Chicago White Sox. Brady Singer pitched game two. Brady Singer looked fantastic. It, it sucks that we had they had to put him on the taxi squad because they had an extra player was added to the team because of the uh, doubleheader split. Brady went seven innings. Gave up only four hits, struck out, I think, a career high of nine strikeouts. And then he was like, all right, get, pack your bags on up. And which sucks because I feel like the Royals could have sent him back up down, uh, back down to Omaha. Then, granted, not using a, an option for his uh, his contract base going back and forth to Omaha. So I'm pretty sure that you can only get five if you do have um, a contract options. Why didn't they just send someone back up or back down to Omaha to get Brady back? Because if he's a stud on the mound, that's confidence right there. He even had a cheap transform having a changeup. Now he has more than two pitches. It's not a, a fastball slider. It's a fastball slider changeup. It's perfect. I think, I think he might've found him spot himself back possibly in this rotation here soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ex- whenever his next start would pop up, what would it be Sunday? Yeah. I, th- I believe. Yes. I, yeah. I, Sunday or Monday, like, I don't, I don't, I think it's like a procedural thing. Like, I don't think he'll even leave the team. I think as soon as like his, his turn in the rotation pops back up, he'll be the one going. I think it's all paperwork. That's just my opinion. Like I, you can't, the dude, the dude did what he did. I mean, you, they need consistency from somebody. And if you get him going with Lynch and Grinky and Keller, that's a, 
pretty good for, I mean, obviously you need somebody else to like fill it out, but I mean, you can almost bullpen day that the fifth spot with, you know, people do the opener stuff all the time. I mean, they, they've got enough arms. They could, I don't know, maybe Bubich can go for a couple innings after, you know, or maybe they put Hernandez in for two innings, Bubich in for two innings and try to straighten those guys out. Cause they've been struggling pretty bad, but uh, I would expect Singer to, feedback very 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 soon well, okay you pose that the the opener thought honestly if if you can start say carlos hernandez it seems like chris bubich can't start whatsoever he'll give up that five six in the first or second carlos hernandez wastes like the third of the fourth inning so i mean you, you actually posed a very good point start hernandez bring in bubich hopefully he does they both shut out that way then i guess bring in piamps or someone like that then hopefully barlow yeah. shuts it down but there's also one thing too that could happen, but then the bats, of course, lag behind. It seems like it's like that all the time. They can't sync anything up. And right now, nothing's working, it seems like. Yeah, the bats are, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> heard them before. I don't, I don't want to be like, people should be fired and people should be cut, and I don't want to be that guy. But they've made, a, I think they've made some very bad decisions with their personnel, like leading up to all of this, they could be in a much better spot, but they, they are allergic to making the tough moves and moving off from people too early. And they wait too late on almost literally everyone. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure Bobby Witt's going to come around and I like seeing Melendez play. I hope he plays every day while he's up here, but like, I don't, I love Yeah. Oh, yeah, he hit a bomb. Yeah. But I love what Merrifield, but he doesn't need to play every day. Like he, he just, like he just does not. He's not producing. He's gotten hot lately, but he doesn't need to play every day. Like there's no one in the out. lineup. They missed out on possibly. Oh no, they missed that window. Yeah, yeah, they missed the window with Wit. Like they should, they should have sold high on that guy, and and now they're stuck with a contract where he's going to hit, you know, two forty five, and you know. Play good defense. But that's the thing, too. I'd rather have him play second base in the outfield. Because, I mean, Grant, he has the arm and stuff for it. But, nah, nah, nah. Just put him in the infield. But then again, Nicky plays there. But out of, you ain't got to worry about Adam Bertolmanesi. He's done. He he, he will not yeah, – you will not see uh, him in a Royals uniform ever again. That's that's another guy whose body has betrayed them. Not that he ever hit the peaks of Derrick Rose by any means <laughs> performance-wise. But just talent-wise – like skill wise, like the guy is a f- athletic freak, and he just could never, can't ever stay healthy. Chances are he'll he'll get released by the Royals. He'll sign with somebody. He'll turn into like some super utility stud where he'll he'll hit two seventy five with like fifteen homers and sixty five stolen bases. That's just that's what's gonna happen. And, and I I can see it happening in a Yankee uniform, which I I don't want to happen because I feel like the Yankees just get the at times just they luck out on certain things just like that. But uh, with the uh, the Royals aspect and things, I they're I think on a FanDuel right now or some sports books they're at like four fifty to win the division. Granted, they're like what nine, ten, eleven games under under five hundred. Even though they're like six games out of first place, are you making that bet? No. <laughs> I, I, I actually coming into the year, I thought they would push like 500, give or take a few games. Like I was pretty optimistic, you know, not like they're going to win the division, but you know, like hopeful and, but man, I just, 
I just don't see it. They ha- there's way too many things that need to go right because even if the pitching is kind of what it can be, like they can't hit. Like one through nine, they just cannot hit. Even if a couple guys get hot, like like I said, I still think Bobby Witt's going to end up being you know a stud, but yeah. he's he's a rookie. He's not going to carry you by himself. I like, hope not as a rookie. I hope you're not doing it that way because yeah. But uh, right yeah, now, so get, Prado, get Prado up here, get Pascatino up here, get everybody up here, and let's just blow it up. Uh, joining me right now is the Monarch, Jeremy Wyatt. He's the, one of the greatest professional wrestlers, or the greatest professional wrestler here in Kansas City. Hey, thank you. I, 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 I got it. I got you. But, yeah, no, Jeremy, wrestling, what, what made you want to, like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to lace up the boots and get in the ring. Oh, it's just something I always liked as a kid. I mean, I watched it. I mean, I started watching it when I was four or five years old and just watched it most of my life. And uh, one day was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to try this out. And then, you know, here we are. So 20 years later. Uh, That's that's impressive. I'm not trying to like date you or anything like that but oh, i'm uh, old man i'm old 20 years ago in june so you mean 34 you don't look it you don't look at what's our 44 in june no yeah, way 44 in june no yes. way and you're still hey do you you're, yeah. you're still you move fluid in that ring for being 44 man dude you got cool. 10 more years 20 more years left in you no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It hurts too much. Uh, hey, trust me. I got I, a few. I, I got a few good ones. I mean, heck, what you like took a barbed wire to your nipple once? Yeah, I did that. I'm, I I did a lot of stupid things in my younger day, but yes, I had a, I had a no rope barbed wire match in 2008, and uh, yeah, the barbed wire stuck in my nipple, and now my left nipple looks like an exclamation point. Does it like? Is it like? Is there any sensitivity there anymore? Uh it's pretty numb. <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> like that. pretty numb. Oh, pretty man. numb. Pretty smooth. Um. Uh, so, uh, what was that first match as a kid? You're like, all right, that's it. Like, what? Who was it? Like, what was it? Oh man, I don't know if it's. It's hard to say one match. The one match I do remember like vividly as a kid is the very first Clash of the Champions: Ric Flair versus Sting going 45 minute draw, uh, time limit draw. Uh, that's like the one match that sticks out from like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Um, but you know, I was 10 at the time. So I'd been, you know, watching wrestling for, you know, four or five years, you know, not really. That was the first time I ever was like, Oh man, I just saw something that was like crazy impressive other than just like, Oh, that was cool. Hey, cheer the good guy, cheer the better, you know, boo the bad guy type of stuff. All right. Um, so uh, what's uh, what made you want to be the monarch? Uh, so it's, it's just my homage to Kansas City. I'm a huge you know baseball fan, and it's Kansas City history, obviously. And it kind of ties in with uh, like you know the king of Kansas City wrestling. So it just all those things. I was just like, ah, you know, the monarch. There we go. You know, like like I said, I love baseball. Uh, so I just hey, I'm gonna borrow this and. You know, make put my own little spin on it, and you know, apply it for wrestling. So I, I was first introduced to you because, like, I, I joined Journey Pro's broadcast team uh, in December, and so like when I saw you on the card, I was like, oh sweet, I remember this guy from NWL. Like I was like, I, I remember him watching him that way. Then like, you, I, I think you actually came up to St. Joe uh, once up there, 
So, I mean, that's where yeah. I'm from. Yeah, a couple times. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like, I, and like I'm like, holy cow. Like, that's Jeremy White. That's that's Jeremy Bleepin' White. Like, that's, I said that before the, the uh, before the things, like, before I even knew you and stuff. So, I was like, okay, sweet. This is awesome. Now, and now we're here talking about this stuff. But uh, what was that first match you were like? Not first match. Yeah, no. What was your first match? And do you remember it vividly? Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, um, October 13th, 2001. That was the first match I ever had, and it lasted like two minutes and 30 seconds. And I was dying after it was over because I was just like so – like I wasn't nearly as good a shape as I am now, but I was – my heart was just like going like crazy, and I was just – I was gassed. I mean, like I regularly wrestle, you know – I mean, I've done several 60-minute matches, and I was more tired after that two and a half minutes than I am now after, like, a 60-minute match. <laughs> um, uh, what's, uh, what parts of the United States have you not wrestled in? And what parts are you wanting to still wrestle and go to? Because, granted, you are, like, you live on I-70. Like, you're back and forth no matter what on I-70, it seems like, from what I see on uh, social media and stuff. So, like, where else? I mean, I've never wrestled in California, like the Pacific Northwest or California, which would be cool. Uh, but, you know, it's like I'm at the point now. It's like I got two small kids, uh, so I don't go wrestle just to go wrestle. It's like it has to be something that I want to, you know, like it, it has to like get me out of the house to go do it. Like I got to want to go do it. And it's got to be worth the time. You know, when I was younger, it was just like, oh, I can get on this wrestling show. I'm going to go do it, you know. And it, that's how it was for a long time. But now it's like it's got to kind of check all the, the boxes for me to, you know, because I leave my kids for, you know, half a day. And I'm like, oh, man, I miss my kids, Ugh, you know. So it's for me to go far, it's got to be really worthwhile. So um, uh, have you uh, have you wrestled overseas at all? I have not, which that would be like the bucket. Japan would be the bucket list thing. It uh, wasn't, it's not so much overseas. It's out of the country, but I had a chance to go to Puerto Rico in 2012. Someone and I ended up breaking my leg. Oh no. What yeah, the heck happened I mean, there? It's a, uh, I broke my leg in a match. And then, you know, once that happened, just it kind of fell apart. So, mm. so gosh. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, so it goes. I mean, you take bumps. You, you do. It happens at times, I, I guess. <laughs> but, but no, like for me, I mean, at some point, I'll probably get back into the training of wrestling. Like I, I trained for like two years. COVID happened. Neck problems now. That's why I went to the broadcast booth. It's a little cushionier there. Trust me. I, from that feeling wise, because like I ain't trying to get super kicked like Walter did at Journey Pro what uh, about a month ago. Like I, I ain't having any, like I don't, I don't want no Luke Langley kicking me in the face anytime soon. <laughs> I have to say Walter deserved it though. So, I mean, he did. He should have took his glasses off. That's I, for me, I, back I there, warned the man. Yeah, you did warn him. And then yeah, uh, Langley decided to super kick his head off. Um, uh, yeah. So like what journey pro, I mean, I just want to give him one second. Never mind. Thing popped up my screen. You had the impromptu lights out match for the title. Okay. Like what was going through your mind? Like knowing that, okay, it's for the title no matter what. You had you just went through the gauntlet. You got to the championship match. Lights went out. The show must go on. It happened. Like so, what was like? What was going through your mindset of everything? You clearly uh, won the I title. Mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just uh, 
I don't know when the lights went out. I, I mean, a lot of people were freaking out, and I'm just kind of like, give it a few minutes. If the lights don't come back on, let's just go out there and wrestle, and they'll light it up for us. Like, I knew that would happen. So, uh, and yeah, you know, the, the goal was to win, and it was made for a cool moment and all that. But, uh, you know, the thing is we can't, like, as a promotion, can't live in that moment. You got to follow it up with another great show. True. Uh, I mean, because because if you don't, then that stuff doesn't matter anymore, you know. But yeah, I mean, like it just—I don't know. I wrestling is—it. I don't get nervous about it anymore. So if stuff happens like that, it's just kind of like, oh, we'll figure it out, man. Like we'll be fine. Uh, and we did, and we went out, and you know, much to my dismay, uh, things didn't go my way, but uh, the people went home happy. So you know. There's worse things in the world. So coming up here at Hellox for a cure, you're in a tag team match. You and uh, Luke Langley versus Thumbs and Buns. Uh, how uh, how quick you want to dispose of Thumbs and Buns here? I mean, I don't get paid by the hour, so I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the 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 plan is to dispose of them pretty quickly. But you know, I mean, like they seem there's a lot going on between the two of them right now, so I could see how it could be very easy. I mean, I don't, I won't say it's going to be easy because I mean, they're both really, really good, but they, they need to figure it out. They need to get on the same page because if they don't, I mean, even if they do the, you know, chances are they're going to get hurt. So, uh, I mean, they can either get hurt getting along or they can get hurt, you know, being adversarial toward each other. So, I mean, it's up to them, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, don't get paid by the hour. So the quicker we can get it done, the better. All right. Hey, okay, I'm going to answer some listener questions here because uh, we're running some short on some time here. Um, a buddy of mine, Jason Nivens, who also uh, works on The Rock. Um, he does uh, uh, afternoons there on our sister station here on 1660. Um, he said, uh, what was your first concert that you've seen? What was your first cassette you know, or and CD purchased in your last show you attended? I know that's a lot. Uh, the, the first show I ever went to was – so my dad – he was dating some woman I, when I was, eh, we'll say between 10 and 12. I can't remember exactly, but it was Tesla and White Snake at Memorial <laughs> Hall. So she wanted to go to this. And so he ended up taking me along with him because I don't know why. I guess maybe he couldn't find a babysitter or didn't want to or whatever. But I vividly remember Tesla, White Snake, and I fell asleep during the concert. Oh, wow. So, uh, <laughs> First cassette, I would – man, that's a tough one. I'll say – I think I'm going to go with, like, Def Leppard because Sweet. I love to pour some sugar on me. <laughs> so, like, I was obsessed with that song a great when I was, song. Like, 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is a great song. And then uh, the last show I went to was – oh, man. I would say probably, like, right before COVID um, – my wife and I saw Steel Panther in Las Vegas Ooh, nice. at uh, the House of Blues. Okay, all right. Um, this is from the Nice Guy Doof on Twitter. What's your Mount Rushmore of Chiefs football players? Uh, I'll go. I'll go since I've been alive because I don't want to say like because yeah, I could you. be like Bobby Bill and Buck oh, yeah, Cannon, no, yeah. but I never saw those guys play. So okay. I'll go with. I'll put Pat on there. I'll put uh, Kelsey on there. I'll put Derek Thomas. 
And then I will go with the – I'll cheat on this one, and I will say the 2003 Chiefs offensive line. <laughs> that was a damn good offensive if line. I only, if I only had to pick one from there, I'd say Will Shields. But with – you had Rofe, Waters, Weidman, Shields, and John Tate, and that was like probably a top three or four offensive line in NFL history. Um, uh, this is from a Smith on Twitter. What's the proper technique for kicking a pepperoni pizza? Uh, look up my Twitter and you will see. You just give it a little tap and you watch it fly. That's uh, Jeremy Wyatt one on uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you need to, you need to look at that. Uh, Patriot Patriot Pat seventeen seventy six on Twitter said, "When was the first time you felt like you got over, and what was your reaction when you got home?" Uh, I don't know, man. It's hard to say. Like you. I don't know. In the moment, you always think it's going super awesome. Like, oh, man, that went great. They reacted really well. But, like, I'll, I'll, the, the first time where I was just like, okay, uh, that went amazing was uh, at a match against Christopher Daniels in 2006. And that was, like, my first match against kind of, like, a big indie star at the time. And he was also one of my favorite wrestlers. Um and so to have a match with him and it, for it to go really well, I, I would say, I guess that, uh, but it's, it's hard to pinpoint. Like I said, you know, we're, we all blow smoke up our own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. So, I, I do the exact so we're same like, thing. Oh, everything was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I'll end you with one question. It's a question I asked Carrington Harrison last week on my show. I said, if you had one object in your hand for the rest of your life, that's not your cell phone. What would it be? one object in my hand that's not a cell phone uh go with a basketball all right as long as i got a hoop so Uh, i can shoot no you just have a basketball the entire time no hoop (laughs) yeah i mean as long as it's just like stuck in my hand it's like if i can do something with it i'll go with a basketball i love going to the park and shooting all right, sweet. Hey, Jeremy, I appreciate you taking your time uh, and uh, hopping on Saturdays or coming around the Bet 1660, man. Yeah, you. This was wonderful. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Headlocks for a cure on the 27th, Friday night. Might as well go there. You'll see me. You can see Jeremy Wyatt Russell, the number one, the best ever to wrestle here in Kansas City. Still wrestling here in Kansas City, Jeremy Wyatt, the one and only. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. I guess you could say that he's a friend of the show now. Can we can we can we all agree to that? No, once again, thank you, Jeremy Watt, for joining me on the show. Take a break, come back, and we'll wrap put a bow on this bad boy. So we're gonna finish this bad boy strong. Be right back. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Sorry, I'm right here on the bet 1660. That's I, 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 that was a, a great. I enjoyed that interview so much. I'm not gonna lie, that was that was fun. But uh, it has uh, it did take up a, a lot of the show today. So one thing and one thing only. I think we have an impromptu. Uh, we we have one of these impromptus right now. It's called fair or foul. I there's just some things I just want to discuss. 
They, uh, um, yeah, no, baseball right now is uh, is weird. There's a lot of storylines going on. We had the great wall of Camden Yards now and <laughs> Major League Baseball because they, they pushed the, 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 the stadium wall, the left field back. Home runs are down by two per game now from how Camden Yards used to be. Used to, you, you could easily, easily hit a pop-up and it goes out. Like That's when Chris Davis was playing. But earlier this week... They, the, the, probably one of the best hitting hitters right now in Major League Baseball, um, Aaron Judge, was uh, he said after the, the game that he hit two home runs, almost hit a third. He should have had three. He said, it's a travesty, man. I'm pretty upset. It looks like a create a park now. That, that's funny. Like, the, like it looks like so it'll be the show. You can create a baseball stadium there. It looks like exactly how it, would, it sounds like it looks like they just really grabbed the wall and moved it all the way back and left all the other dimensions there. But the fact that he Aaron Judge says this. Uh, Cedric Mullins, the center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles, says, Have you seen your own stadium? I could butt that bleep over. That wall is bleep. I, th- th- this is great. This, is this, if this is the, the, the heated feud that we need, this is the one that we got, I'm all for it. I, I truly am. I, if the Orioles and uh, the Orioles and Yankees, can we, can we get another up on this? But no, this is completely fair. I think this is fair between the two guys. Because, I mean, they're both competitors. They both are, I mean, you get class one as division rivals because I feel like if you're not, I think every single team in your division should be a rival. That's how it should be. If you play them the most, 19 games apiece per team. So, yeah, no, I, I like this chirp back and forth. The fact that Aaron Judge says it's a travesty, looks like a creative ballpark, and we get Cedric Moles coming back and saying, have you seen your own stadium? I could bunt that bleep over. I, 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 yeah, no, the Yankee Stadium, those corners are so short. I could hit home run at Yankee Stadium. No, this is completely fair. I like the trash talking between the two, and we'll see if, uh, let's see what happens next time they play each other, see if they're going to talk to each other, see if they get thrown at, but we'll just have to see. I, I doubt it does. I doubt it leads to that, but yeah, no, there's there's that one. Uh, this one's wild. This one is wild. So, Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Zach Davies, his wife, well, now ex-wife, <laughs> Went uh, has been has been quiet about this for a year. Listen to this headline: Zach Davies' estranged wife says MLB pitcher ghosted her for a year. That's on uh, the New York Post. Yeah, no, you read in this story. Do you read any of this? So what happened? Zach Davies is playing some somewhere out of the state, and he texts his wife in 2021 at six o'clock in the morning, saying, "We're done." And ends up blocking her. This has happened a year ago, and now she's filing for divorce now. Like, like what is what is going through the mind of Zach Davies in order to do this? Granted, he probably had an affair, and he maybe that was probably the easiest way to do it for him was to text, which was, I mean, that's a, that's a bullcrap move. Don't ever text a breakup or a divorce that way, or like saying, hey, we should break up that way. Never do that over text. Either be in person. No, you need to be in person for that stuff. But no, good for her for... For filing a divorce, completely foul on what Zach Davies did and completely fair for her. But if I was her, I would have done it a lot sooner than waiting a year after. But this is just a weird, weird story. The fact that he was also on the road when this happened, it's like, come on now. Why why, why are you acting like a kid? You would think this would be the other way around. Like the, the wife would be the one that's... Uh, that would be the one that's, uh, I don't know, I guess ghosting the, the, the professional baseball player because, he, I mean, what if you want to classify it, throw money that way because, I mean, Zach Davies has gotten paid. But it's the other way around. So this just shows you, like, they, it, what, it does happen the, the other way. No, it, it truly does. Like, there's there's 
It's just weird. This is completely foul. Zach Davies, you should not have done this. So yeah, no, I, I, I also don't, uh, I don't condone any of the people who have an affair or cheating, anything like that. That ain't me. That, I ain't like that. I, no thank you whatsoever. So, I mean, if that does happen, uh, that sucks. But I, there's no way that I condone any of those sort of actions. So good for her on finally saying, talking out about this. And good for her for filing a divorce because that's what she absolutely needed to do in that sort of circumstance. But yeah, you know, that was a, a short abbreviated version of fair or foul right here on the Bet1660 Saturday or Kramer. You could always, you know, if you want to sponsor a said segment of the show, and that's a great one to do it for, fair or foul is the one to do because it could be brought to you by anything you want. I mean, it, it could be a, a bar, a drink, a gas station because I know how gas prices are high right now. I mean, I could, I could use the extra money for some gas if you know what I mean. But I digress. I digress. Rough and Rowdy last night. Watched that uh, on Barstool stuff. Boxing. Three one-minute rounds. They just go in there and knock each other out. Shout out to uh, the Ninja for winning the, the middleweight title. And yeah, the main event was supposed to be very good, but a guy talked so much crap that he uh, ended up... Uh, he didn't even box. He, he tried tackling the dude the entire time. So annoying. Especially for a pay-per-view main event. Come on now. He talks so much crap on the dude's family and stuff and wants to back out, be a little punk and stuff. No, that sucked. It sucked. But yeah, no, rough and rowdy. If you haven't if you have not watched three one minute round boxing, you should because it is wild. It, it's it's just intense. It's insane. But no, this has been Sires of Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Everybody, we will not be having a show next week due to the three-day weekend. So everybody, take it easy. I'll talk to you in two weeks. But bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.